You are listening to the Life After Infidelity podcast, a podcast designed to help women who have been cheated on heal from anger, shame, sadness, and confusion so they can heal, reclaim their power, and live the life of their dreams. You will leave each episode with a heart of comfort, knowing you are not alone in your struggle and empowered to make informed decisions about your relationships moving forward. Because whether you choose to leave or stay after infidelity, both decisions will be hard, and I'm here to help you navigate your heart. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Life After Infidelity. And I am your host, Brianna Latrice. And like I always say, you guys, I come as one, but I stand as thousands, just being the voice for people who have been cheated on in their marriages or in their relationships. And so, as you guys know, the purpose of this podcast is just really to empower you to make you know or make you feel and hope you can understand. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like rambling. I don't know why I'm so nervous, y'all. Um, but just to let you know that you are not alone in your experiences of infidelity. And so I am super excited, you know, as we are embarking on year 2024 and we're starting to get our goals in line and we're starting to get those budgets together. I thought, man, it'd be great to just come in and kind of give you guys some tips and tools um, on getting your finances together. So I am super excited about our guest today. I um, actually saw her going live on another page on Instagram and I loved what she was talking about, loved her message, immediately followed her and then sent her a DM. And so now she's here and I am super excited and I am bringing up Nicole to the stage. Welcome to the show, girl. Hi, how are you? <laughs> hey, how are you doing? I'm so happy to be here and not like behind a computer screen, just talking to people like this real life connection is way more fun. I know it's fun, isn't it? it and is. it's kind of cool to like just see how um, you can kind of connect with other people in your niche. And then you guys are kind of helping each other build up because that's really how, you know, I was just telling everybody that's how I kind of found you was that I saw you going live and I was like, oh, my gosh, I love what she does. So before we get into it, let's do it. Like um, introduce yourself and let everybody know what you do. Hi, well, my name is Nicole. I am the founder of Aria Wealth and I am every woman as well. I'm the woman who stayed in a marriage for, you know, 17 plus years beyond its shelf life, mostly due to the finances. I felt very stuck and trapped. And my story is very similar to a lot of other women where, you know, I had to go through the journey myself to figure out what it was going to take to leave the marriage. Mm -hmm. And when I finally did leave the marriage, I also left with a whole bunch of more tools and knowledge and understanding of what it would take to not only do well financially, but build wealth on my own. And so when I found myself at crossroads in my career again, it was like, well, what am I going to do next? And yeah. the obvious answer was I need to share everything that I've learned and connect with more women because my life has changed because of money and the world changes when more women have money. So I was like, Let's do this. Let's build this. <laughs> I like you are very specific. The world changes when women have more money. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's so true, though. I mean, I my background is in technology and okay. there's very few women relatively um, running technology companies, 
high up in a technology company. And I was one of the few women in the room running Mm -hmm. companies. And it was very evident to me, like when products were being built and big decisions were being made and money was being raised, what a missing link there always was in terms of women at the decision table. And so I just see the impact it has, you know, the mm-hmm. the more women they're involved, the types of decisions they make, the types of investments they get involved in, the, the companies that get going because another female investor invested versus a bunch of men that say no, you know, it just yeah. it does, changes the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you you shared that because, you know, what I gathered from that is like, oh, wow, she's like all about women empowerment. Like and I really love that. And, you know, one of the things that I really love about your description on Instagram um, and I'm going to read it so I don't mess it up. But you say um, empowering women to build freedom through wealth after divorce. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, too, like you kind of shared that that was your experience of staying in a marriage longer than you should have. And it was due to finances. And so um, is that kind of where um, Aria Wealth came from and was kind of birthed and things? Yeah, I would say like that's that was definitely the early birth was that I had to figure out. I think a lot of a lot of women can relate to this, which is that even if we're well educated or have good jobs, there's a lot of um, money stories that can go along in our lives. And mm-hmm. For myself, I felt like even though I had a lot of things going for me, um, there was a really negative voice that said I would never earn as much as him. I wouldn't do as well as him. Um, The amount of opportunities wouldn't be available to me. I'm just a this. I'm only that. Like just a lot of negativity around what was available to me as as a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to figure out over a long period of time that that was me limiting myself and that I was the only one standing in my own way. And these were just stories that I'd made up and none of them were true. And so the journey for me really started in mindset because I had to do a full redo because, you know, the programming in my brain was for somebody that was going to stay pretty stuck in her reality forever if I didn't change the programming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so is that kind of like what you said, it, which you really did already say it was that that was why you stayed for 17 years past its shelf life was because of that very mindset. Yeah, that, you know, this beautiful lifestyle we created together, it wasn't possible for me independently. Mm-hmm. And the longer you stay in a relationship with, you know, at, by, at that point, three kids and lots of bumps on the road, I thought, well, how am I, the hell am I ever going to provide for these kids and create this lifestyle for them that we do together? And, yeah. um, you know, all the stories that so many women have, like, how do you go from two incomes to one or mm-hmm. just uh, every negative money story you could possibly think of was one that I had in my head. And I think it was when I started writing them down, I read one of my first money books, um, I can't even remember when it was, but it was very, very early on. It was called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And it's so, oh my gosh, it kind of (laughs) blew my mind a bit because the premise is we all have a financial blueprint. Yeah. And the blueprint comes from our lives. So Mm -hmm. your your parents, your aunts, your uncles, grandparents, teachers, people that you are surrounded with, they're writing, writing on your slate and you're absorbing their philosophies and beliefs partly based on things they say, partly based on things you observe. Mm-hmm. And then you come out into your adult life with all this stuff in your head that's not necessarily a fact. It's just like your blueprint. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I had mine and um, I needed to rewrite it. And rewriting mm-hmm. it for me started with, I am capable of earning. 
-hmm. and I am capable of earning a lot Mm. and I am capable of making my money work for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. And I guess I want to say first, like what really triggered me to do a series over finances and to really reach out to you? Um, one, because your target audience is women specifically and my target audience is women specifically, but it was what really made me realize like this is a big issue is that even though I experienced that in my marriage, that wasn't the reason why I stayed. But um, I was actually doing a discovery call with a possible client and she was saying, hey, I can't even afford you. You know, as much as I want to get out of this, as much as I know that he's still cheating on me, um, as much as I can see that I'm, I'm now, you know, taking this anger out on my children and I don't like that. I don't like the person I'm becoming. The reality is that I can't afford to leave. And so I have to stay. And she was like, and he knows that. So I guess, you know, maybe let's start there. Where where do women start if they are even stuck in that marriage deal? Like, where do they start with the finance piece of it? I think a lot of it has to do with you have to be willing to do that inner work, you know, that self-development mm-hmm. journey of not only like missing, filling up the missing gaps of knowledge that you might have around the finances, but also in what your belief system is around the money. So do you even know what your belief system is around your money? Because if you're saying something is not possible because Mm -hmm. we all do it, right? Yeah. But just in that statement, you're limiting yourself because you made up a reason why you can't. Mm -hmm. And sure, you know, you can't afford it. But did you go through McDonald's once a week for the last 15 weeks? Did you get right. your nails done every six weeks? Yeah. Um, do your kids have brand new running shoes every three months? Um, how much do you pay for your car? Like I could go on and on and on, but we all, we, we, pay, we pay for the things that are important for us. Mm-hmm. My question always is to people is, well, how badly do you want to be independently wealthy? Mm. And for you, it's how badly do you want to be in a healthy, happy marriage or yeah. out of an unhappy marriage or whatever, right? How badly do you want it? You have to want the thing on the other side more than what you're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's, the, know, that's, I think that's the kicker right there. Like yeah. you have to want it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I did for a long time. And that's probably why I stayed married for so long and why a lot of women did. It's like, I wanted, I wanted my lifestyle more than I wanted my marriage. And it was like, okay, well then I guess I'll stay in my marriage. And, mm-hmm. um, as your self-esteem grows and your confidence and you learn, oh, it's like, oh, well I could actually have both. I could have my lifestyle and I could not be in this marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was that, what was that click for you that made you realize like, okay, I can have both and I'm ready to leave now. Like I'm changing my mind shit, set and shifting. Like I don't have to be miserable in a relationship. <laughs> um, There was probably a series of things, but one of the things that I'll never forget is I got really clear on who I wanted to become. Ooh, yeah. So back then, like Oprah was big. Like I would watch Oprah every day at four o'clock and um, Mm -hmm. like she was a mainstay in my self-development journey and I was consuming all the books and it was kind of escapism for me a little bit because I was learning so much. But then also, too, I remember Sarah Blakely, who was the founder of Spanx. Okay. Yeah. And she was on Oprah. And just hearing her founder story, 
Mm -hmm. and all of the struggle for her to get to the point she got to when she was featured as on Oprah's show. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking like, okay, where are all of these women that had an idea and, you know, developed something and went through what they needed to, like the, they went through the tough journey to get to where they wanted to go. Yeah. And so I, I kept finding like one woman after another. Oprah's a good example. She was a good example. And mm -hmm. And then as I kind of put it together, I was like, okay, now I have a really clear vision of the woman I want to be. I want to be really determined. I really want to be diligent and committed to a goal and a plan. And I want to know myself well, and I want to be generous. And this picture started to emerge of the woman I wanted to be. And then also getting feedback from other people. It's like, how I was viewing myself was not necessarily how other people viewed me. So I was like, oh, wow, interesting. That's a gap in reality where a lot of people think I'm really great and I think I'm not. So that's yeah. a, that's something that I needed to put together. I had a counselor. I had a coach. Um, I had really good girlfriends. And mm -hmm. it just, it was a journey. I had a um, notepad on my Blackberry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. back then. <laughs> yeah, blackberries. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, two, and you're like pressing each key three times. Um, yeah, and I was a late adopter to that too. So that's funny. But oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I had like on my notepad and I wrote who I wanted to be, like the woman I wanted to be and how I wanted to feel in my skin and how I wanted to show up with for my kids and show up in my career. Uh -huh. And I read it probably eight times a day. Ooh, okay. Just reading it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was like very much the beginning of me leaning hard into manifestations. <laughs> like, yeah. So I wrote down um, after I really started to start to feel like her mm -hmm. and I had sticky notes all over my house, of things I wanted to read at opportune times about myself. And this is why you're still married, right? While I'm still married. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Like, and like you're going to have a great day because you're great. I mean, it was cheesy. It was like all kinds of different things. I love it. I'm just like, I'm curious what your ex-husband was thinking at the time, like seeing all those, those post-it notes and stuff around the house. You know what? I think he was proud of me because he, he thought I was really great. And it really bothered him that I had such low self-esteem. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was, he was like, Hey, you do whatever you got to do. And also too, he wasn't around much, you know, he was a tech founder Okay. Um, and so he would be traveling a lot. And I mean, it's not like he wasn't home. He would see the notes, but he was. He yeah. But um, I brainwashed myself is what I tell people basically into believing that I was the woman I wanted to become. That's mm -hmm. what I did. I brainwashed myself. Wow. That, you know, that's good. And it's a perfect segue um, into a company that I want to highlight, which is called the Heartbreak Box. Um, did you know that consistent self-care is pivotal to healing from infidelity trauma? Yes, self-care is no longer optional after betrayal. Ladies, tell me if this sounds familiar. You are pouring all of your energy into everyone else. You are suffering from betrayal trauma symptoms and are short-tempered and burnt out. Everything feels overwhelming and chaotic. You have no energy or time to shop and plan self-care into your daily life. That's how many women are struggling right now. 
This is where the Heartbreak Box, a monthly self-care subscription comes to help you. They ship luxury curated self-nourishing items and gifts to your door every month. There are three plans to choose from. In addition to the box, they also offer an exclusive member portal with supportive resources, insightful guides, and journal prompts to help you navigate betrayal trauma. This premium subscription includes a monthly planner that's specifically tailored to help betrayal survivors reduce mental load, give encouragement, and create order and organization. So embrace the luxury and care you truly deserve with the Heartbreak Box. Secure your subscription before the 15th to get the upcoming box. Spaces are limited and yours is waiting. Visit theheartbreakbox.com. And you can also follow them, you guys, um, on Instagram at the Heartbreak Box. I've been getting mine for the past three months and it has been amazing. So I feel like that was just a great way to just kind of, you know, lead with that because we're definitely going to get more into finances. But Nicole, every time I interview somebody, it always goes back to how they viewed themselves, which is why they stayed or accepted, you know, things in their marriage that they deserved better. And so, you know, maybe talk about that. Like what, or how did you kind of uncover, like, or I'm trying to get my thoughts together. I think, how did you, if everybody else viewed you in a certain way, like thought you were great, and you even said your ex-husband, you know, thought you were amazing and thought you were great. Why was that such a blind spot for you? You know, I really, I can't, I couldn't tell you why my worthiness was so low, where that originated from, mm -hmm. um, where those stories started. Mm -hmm. I definitely had like a really strong streak of holding myself to high standards and, I think that that keeps you feeling like it's not, things aren't good enough, really. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of it, too, is, is that the marriage didn't not work because he was a horrible person or he cheated yeah. or I cheated. It was my mm -hmm. story is more about we, we married the wrong person. Like we weren't meant to be together and we yeah. didn't make for a great um, marriage. I got yeah. married when I was 23 years old. Okay. Sorry. Got married when I was 21 years old, had my first oh, wow. child You're at young. three years old, very young. And um, how well do you know yourself at 21? Not very well. Right. Yep. Yep. And so as as Nicole started to learn and figure herself out, what I what I was sort of developing was like this version of myself doesn't align with this man at all, and this does mm -hmm. not make for a, a rewarding mm -hmm. relationship for me at all. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, I love that you brought that up because. Um, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but um, I got with my ex-husband when I was 19 and then left for good when I was 31. And so, you know, one of the things that I kind of preach to my younger cousins now is I'm like, don't get married before 30 because, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Again, I know there's not a wrong or right answer, but, you know, one of the reasons why I say that is because it's like you said, we're finding ourselves. And like you said, your husband, it, it's not like, you know, he did anything bad. It's just that as you guys started to grow, you know, you guys weren't great for each other. And so even speaking to that, like, what would, what would you say to that as far as like learning yourself before starting to commit to someone else? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have told this stubborn 21 year old not to marry that man. Like there's nothing, but if I could go back and plant my own thoughts in her head, I would have been like, you don't know yourself yet. You don't know what you want. You don't know what's important to you. 
Um, and you, you need to sit in your discomfort for a little while and heal mm -hmm. from some things that you're not healing from and, and just be okay being alone, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was an element of discomfort and leaning into this relationship felt more comfortable than how uncomfortable I was feeling in my own skin at the time. Yeah. It was yeah. a good distraction. And it's all hindsight, right? Like I, I, I did think he was wonderful. I was excited. I knew I wanted to be a young mom, but you know, uh, not having my own career, um, definitely, I feel like even if you are going to get married young, I think it's so important to have your own source of income and education or training so that yeah. no matter what you can fall back on that and you can uh -huh. take care of yourself and uh -huh. should something bad happen or different happen, you're able to fall back into the reality of being able to support yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's good because that's actually something that I wanted to ask you, because the reality is that um, a lot of women who are stay at home moms, that is too why they stay a lot longer. And so how do you kind of help women that are in that position um, navigate that when they're um, new coming back into the workforce? Yeah, it's tough because um, a lot of the women that have been stay at home moms for a long time, they have kind of forgotten their magic, right? They've kind of forgotten mm -hmm how great they are and their skills and all of the really the things they've learned over the years of being a stay at home mom on top of whatever they did before. Yeah. And so a lot of the work we do inside inside of Wealth Academy, my course is we have a whole module set to like rediscovering talents, strengths, oh, skills, wow. education, and trying to help them rediscover and or acknowledge how big their toolbox is of potential things they could do to okay. earn income again. Um, mm -hmm. I think gone are the days more and more people are becoming more aware that it's not about just like having a degree or an education, like that doesn't necessarily pay the bills. It's more important that you understand what your skills are and your talents and um, put those to good use to be able to earn. Um, I truly believe like in the next 20 years, formal education is going to be more for very specific careers. And more and more people will be doing specific trainings online to learn a specific skill so that they can earn whatever the money is that they're looking to earn. So yeah, that's something that we do talk about a lot because women are rattled by the idea of having to go back to work. And mm -hmm. for good reason, it's really hard to balance being a stay at home mom and then like going, okay, well now my, my marriage is ending. I need to start working. I haven't worked yeah. in years. Who's going to take care of my kids? Is there going to like, there's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot. And so um, I'm curious, like what, so what are their, your clients aha moments once they're going through the program and they're like, oh my gosh, they're having all of these revelations of like their, like their skill sets and their powers. Like what are they responding and how grateful are they for that? Well, they, they come to me because they want to be wealthy. Like they, okay. they, they see that I've created wealth after my marriage Mm -hmm. And they're like, I want that too. Like we had a comfortable life or some, I mean, some are coming from comfortable backgrounds and marriages, a lot of them. Yeah. And some of them aren't, but the theme is the same. It's like, I want to be wealthy on my own terms. I want to create that for myself. Mm -hmm. How do I go about doing that? Mm -hmm. No matter where they're starting. So that's their goal. But then okay. when I start doing the work, but they're, what they realize is, is that they're like, a lot of what's going on for them is mindset. Mm. Like they want to learn mm -hmm. about the money and the financial literacy and get the confidence and dip their toes in investing. And there's all these things that they know they, but the foundational piece of mindset is something we have to tackle. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're, and I think they're more so themselves again, right? They're rediscovering this independent woman who's a, capable of anything. And they kind of forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, is it more so mindset behind money um, or how they see themselves? It's both. But I okay. would definitely say um, what's holding them back from creating independent wealth is their stories around money. Um, And their stories around themselves as it relates to money. Mm, That's good. And so after you help them navigate like what their skills are, then what's the next step to that? Well, the course is um, being run over five weeks and it's live. So it's really fun that we get to be in a small group and do it together. And some women are there live and some women choose to watch it afterwards. But Mm -hmm. um the modules are broken into the different sections of the things we tackle. So there's the mindset, there's the, you know, what does your life cost? Are you, mm-hmm. how aware are you of your financial reality and, and helping women to do that hard part, which is like, I don't even know where to start when it comes to my finances. I'm kind of nervous even to look, I don't even really yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and so we, it's kind of like being an investigator of your financial reality, Nancy, mm-hmm. that stuff. And uh, we do that together. And then once we have a really good picture of that, we, 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 do, I'm, I'm probably doing my modules a little bit out of um, whack. Yeah. But, um, we do look at strength, skills, education, talents, and dive into like, number one, if you are working, how could we get a better income? Mm. How could I help you negotiate, like helping them with their negotiating skills around getting a higher income where they're at or switching to a different company and negotiating a higher income or applying for a different job and, and positioning themselves to get a higher income mm-hmm. um, or going back to work, that process of getting back into work, what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and that happens because you have to remember all the things you know how to do. Okay. So there's some brainstorming, figuring that out, right? Like what, what are you good at? What, are, what did you do through the pack? Like what committees have you been on? What, what projects have you done? And and some women are like, I love to cook. And like they, you know, they, they pour out every single part of their skills and passions because we're not just looking for like maybe that one career. Like this is the modern day. We do a lot of things yeah, to earn money, true. right? Mm-hmm. So I have women in my program that they have their day job and they're a cook and okay. they love to cook. She's an Italian chef. So she has this whole side hustle where she creates these beautiful meals for people mm-hmm. and she sells them and she makes thousands of dollars more a month yeah. from cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another woman will discover, you know, that she has a spare room to rent. So she's going to rent out a room. And so we really go through this process together of figuring out like, what are different ways I could increase my income? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love what you're saying, too, because it's like, you know, I think biblically um, and it's like the the scripture that says, write the vision, make it plain. And, you know, it even sounds like that, too, of like a lot of women, um, because I heard you mention how much does your life cost? And I can only think of, shoot, just off the top of my head, I can think of a lot of women who don't even know, like from month to month or even day to day, how much does their life cost? And if you don't really have that written down to where you can see it, I can see how you could get like overwhelmed to think that that's not even possible. And they're overwhelmed to do this part of it. And what I say to them is there's no bad or good, like whatever we discover when we look at how much your life costs, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's a starting point. It's information. Yeah. Right. And, and the other 
another module we go through is like, well, what do you value? You've set up your life today and you know what it costs, but is it set up in a way that you're, everything you're spending money on is things you value? Like there's obviously the needs, like we need to have somewhere to live. We need a certain, you know, we need to eat, blah, 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 blah. But are we living our life along with our values? So when you're taking a second look at your expenses and you're trying to figure out what you value, uh-huh. often women will be like, I've never given a shit about cars. Oh, Why okay. do I have a car payment that's $1,200? I don't care. A car payment is really that expensive? It can be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and it's like, I would be just as happy with a car that cost me $30,000, which would mean my car payment would only be for whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. So they discover, and then they're like, wait a minute, I spend $800 a month eating out? Yeah. I I don't, I'm doing that out of laziness. I don't really care. So they just make these discoveries. Yeah. They get to decide because I am very much like, you gave me a diet plan. I will binge within a day and a half. Like I am not following the plan. I have such a rebel streak in me. Like don't restrict me. Yeah. And so I feel that way about money too. It's like, no, 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 this is your life. Mm -hmm. Just because your life costs this right now doesn't mean that's what it's going to cost in the future, but like get clear, figure Mm -hmm. out what you value and then make some new decisions. And you're going to see really clearly if you have extra money every month or not enough money. And for me, I was short $2,000 a month, but the part I didn't tell you is I stop women before we get into that and ask them what their ideal life looks like. And I'm like, okay, spend reality. Okay. You're creating your future vision for your life. I like. I want to know everything that you want. And like, I'm, I'm like, go big, like really think about what you value and what you want. And there's women like, I want to go to Europe once, once a year. Cause I have family in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, or I really want to take my kids skiing twice a year, or I want to be able to take my kids, put my kids in these activities. I want to, you know, for me, I was like, I want a brand new wardrobe and I want to, be able to spend X. Uh, yeah. I was like, I want brand new underwear and bras. Um, little things. Yeah. And I just, I, so when you create your ideal life of like, and, and figure out how much it costs, I went, okay, my life right now is this much. Uh-huh. My ideal life that I want costs this much. What's the difference? And I was like, huh, if I made $2,000 more a month, I would be living my ideal life. Wow. Okay. Okay. And I then like I went, huh, how the heck am I going to make $2,000 more a month? Uh-huh. And that uh-huh. was exciting, right? Mm-hmm. That unlocked like, wow, it's possible for me to have everything I want. Because in my ideal life, I was investing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you open up their mindset? Because I know one of the things that, you know, you speak to is that you definitely have to have an open mind. And so... When you talk about that of like, man, okay, my life, my dream life is $2,000 short. A lot of people, I can see them getting overwhelmed by that and thinking, okay, well, then I'm just going to go back to living a simple life. So how do you get them to open up their mind to the possibilities? Well, usually by the time, I mean, women are in my program, they they really want it, right? They okay. want to be, they don't want to be in struggle. They want to be creating a really awesome lifestyle for themselves and their kids. Mm-hmm. They want a really healthy mindset. They want to be living in abundance and creating wealth and being never being in a situation where they need to be dependent on a man again. Yeah. So they're really motivated by the time we're dreaming our ideal life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many women that want this for themselves, but they don't know where to begin. And leaning into mentorship means like you 
you have somebody that's been there before you can cut through the noise quicker, can hold your hand through it. Um, and just like, you don't have to struggle alone. Like I think that had I, um, not leaned into mentorship as much as I did, it would have taken me a lot longer to build my wealth. Uh But I was like, no, I'm going to get help. I'm going to learn this as fast as I can because I, I was really, really important to me. I wanted Uh to be able to help my kids go to school. One day I'd love to be able to help them or even loan them a down payment for homes or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you say that because my mentor literally just said that of like, For you to say that you can't afford a mentor, you can't afford not to have a mentor because in in the end and like, you know, he kind of did some math on a board and he was like, in the long run, you're going to be losing more staying stuck and trying to figure it out. And so I really like what you're saying is we have to get this mindset of like by any means necessary, but also you have to get this mindset that you're deserving of it and you're worthy of it. Um, and, I, and to me, like what I hear you say, like that's kind of where it starts is that mindset mindset of shifting the narrative to stop focusing on what you don't have and ask yourself, how can you attain that? Totally. And the growth mindset that we preach around to our children, it's like you got to be able to call yourself out and go like, no, wait a minute. Like you're going I, I could I could so easily because my story was I can't afford to invest. OK, that was one of the things I used to say. Mm hmm. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. When I looked at what I was spending, I was like, okay, wow, there's uh, Nicole, you spend $3,000 or sorry, $300 every three to four months getting your hair highlighted mm-hmm. and you go out for lunch, you know, and I just started being really honest with myself. It's like, no, no, no. It's not that I can't afford to invest. Yeah. It's, I'm spending my money on other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. I lost the plot there on what your question was, but I, I always believe that you invest in where you want to get to, you'll get there quicker. That just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's like, and like you said, it's, it's, imp- if it's important to you, then you're going to figure out a way to do it. And it's like, yeah. you're not, you're not hurting enough if you're not trying to figure out how. Yeah. How badly do you want it? Right. And how badly do you want it? And the accountability piece, like I'm a little bit of a monkey. If I don't have something to be accountable for, it's really easy to not, um, you know, just food is a really good example for me. Like I can yo-yo with, with dieting and food and uh-huh. it took me a long time to just go, okay, Nicole, you're not a person that can go on these plans. You're just not, you, but you're a person that can eat more protein. Uh-huh. You're a person that can go for a walk every day. Yeah. You're a person who can get your butt to the gym three times a week, but you're not a person that can like, here's your prescriptive way of eating. Like I need, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we all have to be honest about how we learn and what works for us and Mm -hmm. the pace and what Mm -hmm. we need around support. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I, I guess too, why I feel really passionately about this is that I hate that the statistic is something around 45% of women financially suffer after a divorce oh wow yeah like I just that really bothers me Mm -hmm. and it bothers Mm -hmm. me because it doesn't need to be that way yeah and it's that way because women are overwhelmed not I'm not saying like blanket statement all women are overwhelmed around money right a lot of women avoid the finances it's Mm -hmm. like a blank stare goes over like they just you start talking about money and they just glaze over and it's like and it's it's not complicated. And that's the thing. Again, if this is one of your money stories, 
and it was one of mine. Money is confusing. It's math. I'm bad at math. Therefore, I'm bad at money. That was mm-hmm. one of my stories. Okay. Money has like almost nothing to do with math. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's psychology. It's like it's behaviors. Oh, that's true. That's very true. It's behaviors. Yeah. Habits, behaviors. It's like. Yeah. Mindset. It's, you know, there's very little math involved mm-hmm. in, in, in like the simplicity of around money. If you can add and subtract it, you pretty much, you know. <laughs> I well, like that because it's like you're really taking a mindset of how simple it is. Of You know, it. I like I just like that you're saying that um, it doesn't have to be as difficult as we're making it out to be. You know, it's yeah. just. You know, and you know, too, when we're beaten down and we've been like cheated on or um, our marriages are falling apart, like it's really, really hard to rally that extra mile for yourself and be like, I'm going to be a big earner and I'm going to go and be wealthy. And it's like, you know, kick me when I'm down. Like, I don't really feel like I have the energy for another thing. And that's Uh where I think that like some women have this energy to get the strength to leave. That's why they focus on the finances. And some women somewhere on their healing journey go okay, now I'm ready to tackle the finances. Yeah. So don't mm-hmm. feel shame or embarrassment if you haven't tackled it yet. Like that's, that's it. it's okay. Like you'll mm-hmm. tackle money when you're ready to tackle money. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know that if you are ready to tackle money and you're still making excuses, it might not be that you're not ready anymore. It might just be that you're in your own money story way. Yeah. Like you're limiting yourself. I like Because that. women can make a lot of money. There is so much money in the world. There's mm-hmm. so many ways to make money. Mm-hmm. we just have to believe that we can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I love one of your posts that you made about um, asking the question, how can a, a divorce make you wealthy? <laughs> oh, and yeah. I'm curious, you know, how can a divorce make you wealthy? Oh man. I, uh, <laughs> there's so many ways, but one of my, I think it was one of my early reels. I was kind of cracking, cracking up because a lot of women are going to be able to relate to this. Okay. So, you're finally not with your partner anymore Mm -hmm. and it suddenly feels like you have more money even though you have less because you're not getting their visa bills and like you're not dealing with all of their spending all of a sudden it's like it's just you and your kids and you know exactly what you're spending money on and it's like you feel like you have all this money yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's how you get wealthy you get divorced because that shows (laughs) no spending money anymore Yeah, like that is so true. Like I'm over here shaking my head because it's like it's funny. Um, I was till I remember telling my mom like that. I was like, "Oh, is it that um I have more money now that I'm divorced than when it was two incomes coming in?" I was like, "It doesn't make sense." (laughs) It doesn't, but you know, it depends. I guess if you have a spender on your hands. I think I had a bit of a spender. Okay, on my hands because it was just like money was just I don't know where it went. It was just Mm -hmm. gone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) all of a sudden there was so much yeah yeah it's it's really really fun too to um for the women out there that are feeling overwhelmed too about the possibility of doing life on your own Mm -hmm. figuring out how to earn something to kind of take heart in is that this is the ultimate reset like however old you are 25 35 45 whatever you now get to reset your entire life and Mm -hmm make it look the way you want it to look and Mm -hmm. not like the way it looked in your marriage. And you get to take the best of what you loved about your marriage life and, and throw away the worst and build this really amazing life. And 
often we've got these little people around us that are watching our moves and watching how we recover from something traumatic like a divorce. And mm -hmm. we really have an opportunity to show them a new life. Yeah. And so that's a big reason why I believe women should get excited about their finances because it's a generational thing. Like if you learn about money, then you can teach your kids about money. Yeah. Yeah. And how exciting is that for you to like now be able to teach this to your kids and they have this skill set that can go with them for a lifetime? Yeah, it's really neat because so my 23 year old, he has got that good. I can't believe you're a mother of two young kids. I know it's going to bring that up earlier, but I was like, wait, she has two adult kids. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, three. I have three babies. One's 23, one's 20 and one's six, almost 16. Oh my gosh, you look amazing. So, oh wow, well, yeah. when you're that just twenty three, that's why I saw it. Say. Thank you. When you're twenty three <laughs> years old, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. So my oldest has really like gotten excited about money, and he's you know he's already in, been investing for the last couple of years. Yeah. Even though he's a university student, mm -hmm. he's really found a way to um, start investing. And then my middle daughter, she although she's really aware, she hasn't started it, but I feel. I do see positive signs. Like she's always been a saver. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then my youngest one, I can't tell yet. You know, she doesn't have her first job yet. Okay. So we'll see. But yeah, I definitely feel like they are learning by proxy from me. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I think that's really important for women who are listening to this episode to just learn like you have the control. But it's really important for your kids to see that. Um, and one of the reasons why I say that is because a couple of years ago, I did a workshop and I titled it, um, Your Mother is Disqualified to Teach You What You Didn't Learn. And so Ooh. basically, yeah, yeah, basically it's like women, if we don't learn these things, we do not have the right to then come back and teach our children about money and investing and saving and credit if we don't yeah. take the time now to learn that. So yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, I certainly don't have it all figured out and they know it. And, um, <laughs> you know, they're very quick to remind me that I don't have it all figured out, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but they teach me, right? Like that's what's yeah. so great. You know, they come back to me and they're like, well, have you heard of it about this investment or that? And mm -hmm. so money has become a conversation at the dinner table. Whereas when I grew up, we did not talk about money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's very it was, true. It was private and and not that my parents didn't ever talk about money, but it wasn't really a big topic of conversation mm -hmm. um, at all. They just really kept it between them, I think. Mm, yeah. Uh, but it's very important for your kids to be able to see that. And that's what I, I love about that too, of like bringing yeah. your, inviting your kids into the learning process with you and letting them see like, Hey, this is what it looks like, you know? Um, yeah. And not hiding so much. I think too, like, you know, when you, um, when we were talking earlier about, about how I hate budgeting, uh -huh. the difference for, for children is when you talk to them about, okay, well, there's this much money that comes into our family every month mm -hmm. and I can break down how it all looks, but what, but just if I give you a bigger number, this is how much goes out. So this is why when I'm, you know, making a decision whether or not we can do takeout or I could buy you a new baseball mitt. It's because I'm looking at a picture where I'm balancing the money and I'm trying to make it all work throughout the year. And yeah. sometimes that's because we're saving for a trip. Sometimes it's because we're saving for an event or investing or whatever. But when I say sometimes, no, it's not 
it's not no we can't afford it it's no because we have a plan mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i think that that subtlety of saying no we can't afford it no we don't have enough money yeah. is like that creates a money story yeah. in our Ooh, children true and yeah. i think that younger me did that to my children and okay. i've really i've really noticed now in their money psychology of like, oh, wow, I remember being the person that said that a lot. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so now it's like, okay, I wish I would have had this conversation with you guys, which is this, that dad and I had booked a holiday. We were investing in a company. There was all these things that we were doing. And that was the reason why we couldn't do whatever the thing is that you guys wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just Ooh, saying, I nope, you can't afford it. Yeah. I like that too, because there's power in words and, um, you know, I'm in a book club and we're reading a budget book now. And um, that's kind of what one of the guys is say he says. He's like, um, a budget isn't um, you like telling you what to do. It's you telling your money where to go. So yeah. I even like what you said, you said to your children of like, it's not that we don't have the money. We just didn't we didn't plan for that this particular time, you know. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. And it's OK to not have enough money and for them to understand that. There's not, you know, it's, I don't know, what was that thing that like, you can't, all, you can't have everything at once sometimes. Like, it's not that mm -hmm. you can't have everything. It's just, you can't always have it all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to have delayed gratification too. Like, yeah, that's a thing. Sure. We don't have to get everything right when we want it. Instant gratification. We can delay it. And so um, I really like, I really am, I've enjoyed this conversation. Um, I've enjoyed oh, how- you're just very um, open to everyone um, at the level that they are, meaning, you know, for those women who haven't yet gotten to that space where they're ready to tackle their finances and you understand that they are just on their healing journey and that is OK. And, you know, it sounds like what you were speaking to them is like if you are on your healing journey, what that looks like for you women, um, just continue to educate yourself make sure that you are personally developing yourself. Um, what you don't want to do is get stuck in, you know, this belief or mindset that's going to keep you limited. Um, and then I also love how you're totally open to when women come into your program, um, you kind of help them to open and expand their mindset of the possibilities and how they view themselves. And so I really love this conversation. And I hope that women who are listening to this conversation, I hope that we bring some awareness to the fact that you can understand that it is possible to um, leave a marriage or if you're thinking about leaving a marriage, um, but you're fearful because of finances. Nicole is here to tell you, like, it is very possible to leave it and still live the life that you desire. After absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, now we are so lucky with um, Instagram and TikTok and the internet that we have every resource at our fingertips. So, mm -hmm. you know, take advantage of that, take advantage of all the free content out there and the people pouring themselves um, uh, and, the, and what they know. And you can absolutely access a lot of free information. And when you're at that next level where you are really ready to um, invest in yourself and, and, you know, get some more accountability and get to that next level, you can then choose to, if you want to, and all those people and uh, resources are available to you to do that. So I, I mean, I wish that these businesses existed when I was going through it. Cause I, this is like pre-internet. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Well, internet existed, but it was just not, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. 
as it is. You now, aren't but. using it as much. So, uh, Nicole, before we end, I definitely want you to speak to the people about where to connect with you, um, your upcoming program that you have, and then um, speak to those women who may not be ready for your program. Maybe give them some yeah. book recommendations or something that they could start to help with that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for listening because this is really what you need to be doing if you're on your healing journey and you're just, you know, doing all you can to open your mind and start thinking about these things. Like that's the first step. Um, there's lots of other great podcasts out there and um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I would start there. It's a really good book to learn the basics around your financial blueprint. Like any book, read it throw away what doesn't resonate, grab what does. No book is perfect for like every piece is perfect for everyone. Um, And then I really loved um, Simple Abundance and I can't remember her, Sarah, can't remember her last name, but it's a daily journal um, and it's a self-development book. It's not about money, but it's really about, it's a development of a a practice of gratitude and of, um, you know, self-development of, of your worthiness. Okay. Um, I loved that book. And, um, while I have my wealth Academy Academy, um, program and my one-on-one coaching, um, and my wealth Academy program does kick off on February 6th. I also have a free event the week before that, and it's three days for an hour a day. And we're tackling, it's called the $1,000 sprint. And the whole premise of it is, is come in and over three days, we will not only shift your mindset, but help you find $1,000 or um, create $1,000. And the reason why I feel like this is a powerful thing to do over three days is it shows you what's possible with slight shifts and tweaks and knowing where to look and how to create that you if you can find $1000 you can actually like create all kinds of amazing financial th- things for yourself and wealth um so i would invite you to come to my free event and we will have the uh link in uh wherever you where do you put stuff for people yes yeah, so it'll be in the description Okay, perfect. So we'll have yeah. a link there for the free event for people to sign up. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're ready for more, follow me at Aria Wealth. I'd love to connect with you there on Instagram. And uh, you can hear all about all the programs that I offer in there. But I think come to the free event because then you get a sense of what we're up to and meet some other women that are in the same place as you. And you can just start learning, sitting back and learning the pieces that you want to learn. Uh-huh. And when what day does the uh, free event start? January 29th. It's a Monday. Okay. So it's three days for an hour and we will send out a replay too for the people that can't make it. Okay. I also, in my, in my bio link, I also have a masterclass that's free too, that people might want to check out. Okay. So you guys, if you are interested in getting your finances in order, make sure that you go to um, Instagram and follow Nicole at Aria. It's Aria Wealth on Instagram, right? Aria well. Um, and again, the link to the free class will be in the description box. So click on that link, you guys, and get started because we want 2024 to be full of abundance for you. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next video. Bye bye. Hey, beautiful. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow the show so you can stay connected with a community of women who can relate to what you're experiencing. 
And do me a favor, take a screenshot that you were listening to the show and tag me on Instagram at life underscore after underscore infidelity underscore. I'd love to connect with you, hear your story of infidelity, and show you some love over there. Until next time, I'm your host, Brianna Latrice, reminding you that whether you choose to leave or stay after infidelity, both decisions will be hard, and I'm here to help you navigate your heart. See you next time, beautiful. Beautiful.